Welcome into the Ops and Audibles podcast special edition. It's going to be a shorter version today. I'm Matt Prame. Eric Scopel is joining me as always. Uh, we've got a lot to get to into this special edition of the Ops and Audibles podcast. But first, if you are not a subscriber, consider joining DuckTerritory.com for as low as $1 for your first 30 days on the site of a VIP membership. Or, or if you're ready to, to go all in, or if you're looking to save some serious coin, if you're already a current month-to-month subscriber, you can take advantage of our annual subscription, which comes out to being $6.26 per month. Uh, and that will save you a whole bunch of coin uh, if you're a, a month-to-month subscriber by switching over to an annual subscription. But, Eric, we're here to talk about some Oregon basketball news, some big Oregon basketball news. Dane Altman's done it again. He's landed a verbal commitment uh, from 2020. And we should say, you know, most likely 2019 prospect in Folly Dante, uh, a five-star player, the third best player to ever commit to the Ooh. Oregon Duck basketball program. The only guy that's higher than him, uh, in, in my, in my knowledge is, uh, is Bull Bull. And then on top of that, uh, Malik Harrison. So some rarefied air for the Ducks and landing this verbal commitment, um, a really, Huge, talented player. Uh, that's a five-star. That's a center. Um, and then on top of that, just fits an absolute incredible need. And really, they only left, you know, the only void left of this of this roster going into this season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's official that he's 2019 or if he stays in 2020. But if he's 2019, let's I guess move on with the expectation he is. This is massive, like you said. To add a caliber, a player of this caliber at this late in the process, I mean, we're talking, we're not that far away from them starting practices and stuff. We're a couple months right. away from that. This is huge. And again, position of need, like you look up and down the roster and yes, Oregon now actually has a roster. They actually have 10 players ready to play next year. You now have enough to field a team. And now with an addition like Dante, a very competitive team, but coming into today before his uh, commitment, Oregon really needed another center. I mean, Francis Okoro, you look at the roster, is really the only guy physically who kind of embodies that position. I mean, everybody else is, you know, six foot nine, but 190 pounds, or, or you have, uh, Justin, who's, I think, six, seven, 230 pounds, so he's got the, the build, but he's not quite tall enough. Now you have a legitimate seven footer or close to who can go out there and defend some bigs and, Oregon opens the season this year against Memphis, and they have James Wiseman, who might be the number one overall draft pick. He's a seven-footer. Oregon now actually has a big body who is perfectly capable of at least matching him physically, and that's a huge win because there's going to be – you look at the schedule this year, Oregon's facing some really, really good teams, and if they have Dante in the fold at center, that could sway them in a couple of these games in terms of being able to at least match up against really good big guys, and I think Oregon has a deep enough team to now make a real run. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is he fills the need at, at center. I don't know if he's going to start at, or if Okoro is going to start at center. I think that's going to be one hell of a competition to watch sure yeah. uh, during during training camp, seeing those two guys go at it because I think Okoro was grossly underrated by Oregon fans. Anyway, he didn't score a ton. He only averaged, like, what, four, four rebounds or something like that per game. Um, didn't block a lot of shots, but he's a vocal leader. He's an emotional leader. Uh, on top of that, he is a very, very good defender, and he is a very, very good uh, rebounder. And when I, I say rebounding, I mean boxing guys out. And while he may not get the rebound, he cleared out a 
ton of space uh, for other guys to swoop in and, and grab that rebound. And so he's got some decent post moves. I think he was kind of Oregon's best option when they needed to go to the hoop last season uh, and, and get someone to post somebody up. Um, so Okoro was very good. And I'm expecting a big jump from him his sophomore season. And now you add and follow Dante into the picture. And you've got two legitimate guys that can that can guard the position, that can guard multiple spots. Um, and Valle Dante is probably a little bit better of a shooter. Um, he can hit the three, but I don't know if that's like his his strongest suit offensively. Um, he's gonna have to be open to hit that shot. Um, he's a much better shot blocker than Okoro is, uh, but that's because he's taller and longer than than Okoro. But I think this this addition now positions Oregon. To maybe be the, you know, the preseason favorite in the Pac-12 because he is viewed as a, fir- a future first round draft pick. You've got a player of the year candidate in Peyton Pritchard. Um, you've got some shooting now in Anthony Mathis and Chris Duarte who made over 40% of their threes the year ago. Um, you've got uber athletes and five star CJ Walker, UNLV grad transfer Shakur Justine. Um, I mean, they've, they've got pieces now. They've got a ton of versatility, and the talent has always been there. And now they've got the depth. I think what's going to ultimately what it's going to come down to for Oregon in 2019 and 2020 season is how quickly can they adjust and can they form that team chemistry? Took them a long time to do it mm-hmm. last year. Um, they're going to have just three returning players from last year. Now, granted. One of those is a senior in Pritchard. Two of them are, are sophomores. Um, and, and Okoro started half the year and Rich, Will Richardson, the other sophomore, started half the year as well. So they've got, you know, the guys that are coming back have played a lot of ball. Um, but the, big, the, the biggest question is going to become how quickly does team chemistry click? Yeah, you know, I think that's the question for me, but you, you, you certainly now have, and we should, I mean, this is pretty incredible, just the process here for, for Altman to, uh, we were talking about a couple months ago, like they couldn't even scrimmage, you know, they had like right. six or seven guys, and now you have a roster of ten players who are, are capable of, of making a run at this thing, and like you said, like the roster comes together now in, in a way that they have legitimate perimeter shooting, they have legitimate rim protection, they have legitimate leadership and playmaking with Pritchard. They have a lot of long wings. I mean, I think that's the thing that really stands out from this roster is just you've got a bunch of six foot seven to six foot nine guys who can who can defend at a high level and who can score going to the rim. And so this is going to be a really interesting team and seeing how it comes together because you're right. You know, Dana Altman's teams almost always seem to be surging to the finish line in February and March and do seem to take some lumps early on in the season. And this is a year where you're hoping it comes together a little quicker, just because we mentioned that schedule of they open with Memphis, but that's not the only top-tier program they face. They're going to play four to five to six teams that are probably going to be tournament teams, have good seed tournament teams, and they need to be up for that challenge early in the season, or those games aren't going to mean quite as much as they would if they were to take advantage of it. Uh, the other thing is, is how do we think this year's team now, with adding Dante, with what they returned, with C.J. Walker, with the you know the top JUCO, with a bunch of other grad transfers, do we think theoretically this team is maybe a little bit more talented than the team last year, or is that a stretch? That's a really good question. Um, I think a healthy Lewis King, we, we didn't really see that until the very end of the year, and then he got right. hurt again with like his hand injury, um, and he rolled his ankle. Um, I, I don't know. That's... 
That is a very good question to ask. And I, I quite honestly, I, I don't have the answer. I, 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 I don't know. Um, I, I think you would get a lot of very close games if, if you put last year's team against what this year's team is going to look like and they played 10 games. It wouldn't surprise me if they went five and five. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that speaks volumes to how talented last year's team was because I'm really, really high on this year's group. Um, my, my thinking is the ceiling of this year's team is probably going to be better. Interesting. Just because I think the pieces fit a little bit better than what they had last year. And I think, you know, uh, Shakur Justine, if he's healthy, you know, he's a much – Paul White was a very good player, was a very solid player, was a really reliable player, but he wasn't this, you know, freak athlete. And while he was a much better shooter than Shakur uh, Justin is, um, Justin is a much better athlete than, than White was. He's a better rebounder. Um, he's just as versatile and from a defensive, defensive standpoint. Um, he's a stronger player. Um, he's – he finishes better around contact around the rim than, than Paul White. So I think you kind of maybe get an upgrade there if, if, you know, this is all assuming everything, everybody just, you know, assimilates perfectly into the program right away. Um, at center, uh, I would probably side with Wooten because, um, his shot blocking presence, his athletic ability, and just quite honestly, like, while players aren't wondering, aren't, you know, thinking about viral situations on the court at the same time, Wooten had that impact. Like, I could make a play, I'm so dangerous with my athletic ability. I, anything I do has the opportunity just to be this bone crushing, back breaking play of an alley oop dunk or three straight blocks on one possession, which he did multiple times uh, in his career at Oregon. Um, so I, I don't know about that. Um, Pritchard is a wash because it's the same player. Um, I think Mathis could be an even better shooter um, than Lewis King was uh, on the perimeter for Oregon. Crystal Warte could, you know, should be a better shooter than than, than Lewis King was, but doesn't have the size that that King brought to the table at six nine. Um, Duarte is like six six, um, but he's probably a better defender than Lewis King was. So yeah, I think I think it's it's those two teams. It, you'd get a lot of good basketball. I, I just think. The growth potential probably for this year's group, uh, if they figure things out quickly, could be higher. I mean, I, I think everything falls into place. Guys get assimilated quickly. I think we're now looking at a team that can com- be a dark horse for the Final Four. Ooh, yeah, that's interesting. I have to think about that a little bit more in terms of the, how this team comes together. I think the big question for me would be who's your second scorer after Pritchard? Is it Justin or is it going to be one of those perimeter guys? Because that I think Pritchard – if Oregon's going to make a run like that, Pritchard's going to have to really pick up on where he left off last year, and he's going to have to be a Pac-12 Player of the Year top candidate, one of the finalists, one of the guys everybody's talking about all year. Um, he's going to probably need to be, you know, someone who's leading the team in scoring and assists. And I think I think he can shoot the ball a lot better than he did last year. I think he shot like 33% from three, but he shot like 43% the year before. Him being at, at 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 a higher level this year than he even was to finish last year, that sets you up for it. But to me, it comes down to what can they get out of those perimeter guys? Is is Duarte, Mathis, Will Richardson, some of the you know one or two of these freshmen? Are those guys going to be able to supplement the scoring enough? 
I do think the one big thing that is advantageous that we've talked about is, is the shooting. I think they should be able to shoot the ball at a little higher clip this year. We saw it to come together a little bit during the run at the end of the year where Lewis King started knocking him down to a little bit higher uh, percentage, where we saw Peyton even started hitting his a little bit more. Paul White was consistent. But I think the shooting on this year's team is, is significantly better. I think it just comes down to how much scoring can they get from their perimeter, and do they have that second guy? And maybe it is Shakur Justin, and, and maybe I'm overlooking him slightly, but um, that would be my concern because I agree. I think the pieces are there to be a really, really talented team. And, again, the fact that we're having this conversation when we're having it, given the fact that it wasn't that long ago that there was a lot of, like, holy crap, are they even going to have a – could they finish the bottom half of the conference? Are they going to be really right. crappy? Because Oregon lost so many players to the draft and transfer – Again, speaks to the way Dan Altman's been able to build rosters in Eugene. 